First Strike Podcast. It's your host, KYT, and we're joined by a very, very awesome crew tonight. Uh, once again, this show is brought to you by the good folks at FaceToFaceGames.com, the number one place to get your Magic Gathering singles. And again, we've been having some weekly promotions, and this week you get 40% trade bonus, meaning that if you just go on uh, online, search for cards that you want to sell us. Instead of getting the usual 25%, you get 40%. And if you're going to GP Montreal, that promotion is lasting until then, this upcoming weekend. So you can go to our booth, sell us your stuff, and get 40% instead of 25%. So a, a perfect time for you to rummage through your rares, your mythics, stuff that you don't use. Come, trade into store credit, and, and buy some of the newer stuff that you might need uh, from Guilds of Ravnica. So definitely. Take advantage of that and um, make sure you're, you like the Face Face Games Facebook page because there's always a $50 giveaway contest that's attached to the weekly promotion. Tonight, we got my man, Shaheen Sarani, back in the show. And, and it's important that we plug Face Face Games a lot because this guy is now part of the official Face Face Games Pro Tour team. How's it going, my man? Woo! Yeah, man, I'm excited. I've actually secretly been like way more pro Canadian than American, anyway. So you know, just it's time to you know shed the skin and just join you guys. So you know, dream come true, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We talk. Let's let's get this part over with quickly. Uh, I wanted your your insight as someone that that's been on the pro tour. Uh, We we could speculate. And, and give her thoughts about what Jerry's protest meant at Worlds. But you're someone who's actively been on the tour. You actively feel the impact of this, different things. You're friends with BBD, who uh, Jerry has used as an example. Myself, I've used as an example that like when he won the world champion, didn't seem like Wizards pushed him enough, and I felt like they, they should have and could have. And uh, yeah, so I wanted your perspective on, on Jerry's protest and, and how you felt about it all. I mean... You know, it's a lot of the stuff that I think has been said kind of, you know, by 99% of the pros out there that, you know, it's what he's doing will only better the game. There's very little negative um, repercussion to come from that or, you know, reverberation from Watsi or anybody like, uh, you know, he's he's basically you know, taking action where a lot of us have just said words, you know, and that's kind of, uh, you know, it takes guts and it takes, uh, uh, at, at face value, he'll probably make a lot more money off this protest than he would have played in the world anyway. But, you know, at face value, you are sacrificing a lot of your, you know, livelihood to do something like that. So, you know, um, I've seen Jerry really transform from when I first met him years ago. Um, to somebody who wants to really change the game for good. Um, so I think this is just, I, I want to say I'm shocked by what he did, but, you know, it kind of fits his character and what he's become. Um, you know, something I wouldn't have done personally. It's something that a lot of people wouldn't have done personally for themselves, but, you know, he's, he's someone's got to do it first. So maybe he'll open the door for people to actually actively protest a little bit more. Um, I do want to say, though, the, the other side of that, um, I'm actually pretty pro Watsi, where that's kind of unpopular these days. I'm pro the game. I'm pro the company. I think that I've played games from Fantasy Flight and other games where the organized play is atrocious. Uh, there's a reason why millions and millions and millions of people play this game, and it's not just because of the mechanics of Magic. Um, I think they've promoted their product brilliantly throughout the years. I think that they do a lot of things good, um, and I think they everything they do, minus like a few faux pas here and there, are calculated, and maybe we don't get the full picture of why they do it. I mean, obviously there are some busts, uh, like the Silver Showcase. I think it was a pretty horrific, uh, you know, pitfall for them. But you know, I, I just think that for some for a group that has twenty thousand decisions to make every month. I think that they're doing fine. And um, I would be, I, I would cautious just everybody. And I would say the vast majority of social media is just like, Watsy sucks. Watsy sucks. What are they doing? They're terrible. They're stupid. And it gets kind of old after a while because it's just not true. People like to complain. So that's actually how I feel at the end of the day. I respect Jerry for his choice, but I think that the heat they get is really uh, unwarranted a lot of time. 
Did you get the chance to, to catch any of the world's coverage? Um, the world's coverage was happening the same weekend as the open, uh, where I was fighting for my life every round because I haven't played any legacy and <laughs> never played Grixis before. So I was playing to the round pretty much every round. Um, so I didn't, I didn't get to see a whole lot of it. I saw a very little bit. I saw some recaps. You know, obviously when there's a DQ, I had to go watch, see what happened there. Um, you know, because that's, that's, that's the drama fun part of it all. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I saw some misspellings on jackets and you know, I see all the good stuff, you know, but I didn't see as far as coverage goes, I didn't really see a whole lot old standard. And again, uh, like I said, out of all the decisions that Wizards had, they always, you know, some mistakes to be made. They probably had a reason why they didn't want to do the new format. Uh, this is a big mistake and it was too boring for me to tune into. So I don't know if the rest of the world was following that. Yeah. Um, what did your quick take just cause, uh, we had some disagreement on whether uh, last week with with Elliot, uh, who, who liked the advances that uh, Watsi made for coverage, and and Derek, who, who wasn't wasn't too quick to be impressed yet. Um, so, uh, Shaheen, let's talk about legacy some more. Uh, you made top four. You said uh, prior to the show. Um, wow, congrats! Uh, you're just slaying this. Uh, <laughs> the deck that good? No, I I think it's a mix between. Opens having a little bit easier competition and um, the the lack of changing of brainstorm over the last decade. I mean, I played brainstorm decks for forever, and even though I haven't played in a couple of years in a real legacy tournament, it was really like riding a bike. I mean, the decks aren't that different. I played against Reanimator, I played against uh, Dredge, I played against you know uh, Sneak and Show once, I played against Death and Taxes, Lands. Like these are decks that just have been around forever. And, um, the format doesn't change. And also, since there isn't a big pro emphasis on Legacy, there's not many tournaments that support it, the quality of opponent um, and deck uh, power strength is, is going to be on a little bit on the low side. Um, there's a reason why I've been getting creamed in standard lately, where <laughs> everyone was uh, really putting forth a lot of effort before. Or Legacy, I can kind of jump back in and you know, find success there. So it was, it was cool. I mean, Grix is, is, uh, controls a good deck and Stoneblade's a bad deck and I haven't played a good deck in a while. So it felt good. There, there's no new cards from, from, from guilds or, or any, like who's your testing group for this? Uh, or standard. Uh, sorry for, for legacy and stuff that are there. I didn't play, yeah. I didn't play a match of legacy before that day. I just, I caught I net decked the top eight of the Grand Prix. I cut Liliana the Veil for the main deck. That card is horrifically bad in Legacy, and uh, swapped it with um, I've been doing Click Main, and then I played a Dread Board the sideboard. So I changed two cards total. Um, no, 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 no playtesting in Legacy. All my playtesting really is going towards Sealed. So I'm teaming with Ely and uh, Ben Friedman and Denver, and uh, you know then we go pretty much into the Pro Tour a couple weeks after that. All right, so let's let's get down to, to people you're actually teaming with. So you're going to be part of Team Face Face Games. Tell us about the team. Tell us who's in it. Tell us how it came about. So we card hoarder kind of was splitting apart. Um, we went different ways. Uh, we still card hoarder still supports us with loan accounts, so they're still a, a kind of a sub sponsor. Um, but you know, it's basically the old men of the crew left, and then the kids stayed behind. Uh, the kids have a bright future. Though. I mean, Jack and uh, Quinn and all those, uh, and all you know, with their uh, with their mom backing them up is they're, they're going to be great. And they got Willie helping them. The whole mentor thing going on. So you know, kudos to them. We just had different visions and different goals, and um, you know, it was kind of a, just in, we went our own different way. So it was me, Ely, um, and uh, Jacob Ball, and um, Devin Kepke left, and then we decided to create a pro team and we started to scout around the golds. Uh, we wanted to have six gold players. So we picked up a couple, couple Canadian fellows, Morgan McLaughlin and Edgar. Um, the last name I butcher every time, but Maga, you know, I there's like an <laughs> accent over one of the letters, man. I don't know, man. It's That's just, what I say. Just say Magalayas. Magalayas. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say it really quickly. That way, if you mess up, nobody knows. 
Yeah, no one knows. Whatever. And actually, he's a cool exception, too, because we actually recruited him. He wasn't gold, but he was so dedicated that we were very confident he would hit gold, and he did. He, he grinded, you know, about a month straight and picked up the last few points. So we had uh, – and then we picked up Peter Ingram, who's a friend of mine, uh, and then our final player on our team. Uh, I've been courting uh, a few players, but there's one I've been hounding for a year straight, you know, just in, just in general, and that's uh, Gabriel Masif, who is the random Hall of Famer on our team. <laughs> so he joined us after – I would say like begrudgingly, and he actually, I, I wanted he asked, he asked me or I asked him like, do you want to keep it kind of secret that you know you didn't you were kind of on the fence to join and you were asked by Team Genesis to join and you know you actually chose us over them, but there's some drama. He's like, no, talk about it. I'm gonna talk about it on my stream, and he said, you know, I get good guy points for joining the underdog, so <laughs> that's us. <laughs> so I mean, we're regardless of how it came to be. Uh, you know, he's a great player and we have a huge control presence on our team. So half our team are like dedicated control players. So it's going to be pretty cool to see. I've never actually been on a team before with a like-minded player um, in that sense. I've kind of just built my own deck and no one really wanted to play it or help me refine. So um, I'm excited to to work with team face-to-face and have, you know, half the squad kind of like-minded older folks that want to, you know, that still have it, still have a little bit of them, still a little bit of the tank. Um, yeah, pre- the pre- last, it's maybe, it may just have been a coincidence, like the last face-to-face game uh, team, people were like casual fans were like, hey, I, there's not even Canadians on it. This one has several on it, bringing back that Canadian flavor of, Shaheen, uh, would you say that you're, you're going to be working more with these people as, as opposed to like your previous teams? Because I know some, some teams, they don't, they're just part of this team and they're just really individuals that game points together, but they're not working together. Will you actually get an opportunity to work with Gabe Nassif on a potential control deck? Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's the one thing that sets like the teams that I've kind of stitched together aside from a lot of other teams. A lot of teams just throw six players that are really good on a team and just do their own thing, like you said, and just have accumulate points. Um, now, every team I've kind of put together has been people I trust and know, and um, except for the Team Lingering Souls, where we just gathered everybody we could that was left over, and you know, we all worked together extensively, played the same deck on multiple Pro Tours, and we ended up in you know one of the top teams in the team series from having uh, two silver players ending up with a uh, plat, a gold, and uh, the rest of or two of the other players qualified for the next couple pro tours. So I think that we, I, I don't, I don't, I won't sit by and just gather points. I don't, I don't let that happen. I, I kind of like, even though we have Nassif on the team whose his, uh, pedigree is higher, much higher than mine, I, I still like to take the captain role because I want to make sure that we're all organized, have roles, chip in, work together. And, you know, even this meeting, we had a meeting prior to this um, uh, first rate podcast and we were talking about, you know, hey, we need to um, we need to make sure we're teaming together on team GPs. And, you know, we, we, we really are going to be firing all cylinders here. We're going to work together. So it's going to be cool. I mean, I mean, I'm stoked. We have a team of golds and I've never been on a team of all golds plus a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, before it's always been like silver is just scraping by trying to get invites but now we all have a joint mission where hey we're qualified for all the pro tours so let's actually you know make our splash here so that's that's the goal that's gonna happen <laughs> from from trash that nobody wanted in lingering souls to actual yeah gold to, to something a little a little bit more desirable oh, yeah. sweet sweet yep. Um, I'm going to get these guys in with, with our next topic. Let's jump, jump into some, some guilds of Ravnica here. Um, Derek, did you end up playing some limited? And, and what are your early first impressions of the set? Uh, yeah, I've done about uh, six or seven seals now, including one of the online PPTQs. Um, and I've done two drafts. So far, I think that uh, the Golgari mechanic is pretty underwhelming. Um, and green is not one of the most powerful colors. Although in sealed, you don't always have a choice. So if you have a high synergy green deck uh, in Selesnya or Golgari, like that's what you have to do, and you can always splash another color 
the, the couple decks that I've gone 4-1 with were base either green, black, splash, blue, or blue, black, splash, red, or green um, for some specific uh, green, black removal spells or red removal spells. Um, I haven't won really with a, a red-blue deck, and I haven't won really with a straight two-color deck. Uh, as for draft, uh, from what I've seen, my two drafts were awful. I think I went 0-1 in both of them. Well, from what I've seen, uh, Boros is very fast and very effective, and if you can pick your seat and find a good Boros deck in your spot, uh, might be one of the best decks in the archetype. So, what I've seen so far. What do you think about the other mechanics and the other colors? Uh, Jumpstart is definitely powerful. Uh, the cards are just either hard to come by or they don't synergize well. Uh, the, the Glimmer of Genius, the new one, uh, Chemistry's Insight, I think is one that comes to mind. I really don't want to be casting that card in draft because I feel like I might just be dead by the time I can cast the second half of it. In Sealed, it's very, very powerful. I think that's exactly the kind of card you want in Demir deck. As for uh, undergrowth, I think it's very hard to turn on, and the cards that actually gain value from it are pretty underwhelming, minus the, the Azami, or the Azani, which is the six mana rare. Um, the Giant, which I think is good. The four mana 2-2, two, two, that when it ETBs, you get counters equal to uh, the number of creatures in your graveyard, and then the last one, I, th- I think that's it. That's all I can remember. Um, Mentor's cool, it's, except for it's a combat mechanic. I don't like combat mechanics. They require too much. Um, surveil is very powerful. And what was it, what's the last one? Oh, uh, Convoke. Convoke's powerful too. So I think Undergrowth is the worst. Every other one is pretty good. Surveil's probably the most powerful. Anyo, did you get a chance to play the jam some, uh, some limited? online uh, i've done about 12 seals and uh my five o's are from grixis and saltai and almost all of my four ones are from grixis and saltai with uh, the exception of like getting kind of lucky and getting to build just a two-color Slesnia deck once that was very good but what i've noticed with this format is that uh, the multicolor cards spread your pool out in such a bizarre way that sometimes you look at a pool and you have five green cards you look at a pool, you have three red cards that are playable or two red cards that are playable. It happens over and over and over again. I find that happening. So you just kind of like look at some multicolor thing you can play, see what you can fit the most playables with it, and then hope you have the guild gates for it. And then if you don't, then you might have to switch to a different three color combination based on your guild gates and your fixing. So it's weird because so you, I typically have played three colors almost every time. And it's almost always been forced. Like, I didn't have enough playables to play just two colors because of the, the multicolor cards. But uh, I've, I've found it relatively interesting. I like that green-black 4-mana 2-2 a lot. I think it's very good. And I think the two drops are actually very important in this format. So Boros really wants two drops because it wants to be aggressive. Celestia wants two drops to convoke. And uh, Golgari really wants two drops to uh, die so that it uh, fuels its mechanic and just wants to kind of trade off his resources. And then the other decks kind of want two drops because everyone else is playing them, so you got to play them too. So it's weird that it's sort of a slow format, but everyone kind of wants to have these reasonable two drops in their deck, which it's, it's, it's a weird format. I'm not sure if it's good yet, but the, the sealed has at least been interesting. The games have been interesting. Uh, Derek, did you have that, that same impression about the, the two drops? Uh, yeah, I, I did a lot of reading. Um, of what I think it's Andrew Brown on Twitter. He was doing this thing where he was uh, he was explaining their thought process between the actual game design of the limited format, and he said that there's uh, a lot of uh, one drops and two drops in black and green where they wouldn't normally put that because they want them to die. Or there's a lot of more pushed uh, creatures in the Boros mechanic because they want them to go into combat and attack, and it's obviously very apparent. But I do agree with Andy that as, as slow of a format it is, you do sort of want a, a more reliable curve as a one through six compared to like start my curve at three and not get like clunked up. Your cards won't synergize as well together that way. 
All right. So, so early impressions uh, for people to, to think about heading into GP Montreal this weekend. Any, any last pieces of advice, Andy? Um, I don't think the lockets are very good. I have only played them if it's facilitating my third color in a way that I really need it. Otherwise, I would not play a locket. You just kind of would rather have an, any reasonable creature, even bad creatures. All righty. Uh, well, we have Shaheen on. Let's get actually, Shaheen, uh, Andy. Let's get your list. We got a top five list, and see if Shaheen agrees of cards that are were bad or not playable that might be better now in new constructed formats. Let's hear your top five list, Andy. Let's let's go. Let's go with number five. All right. So, oh, I did not put them in in an order. So the the only weird thing is that some of these cards are going to be playable, but they weren't tier one. So the first thing is that I have a little grouping of History, Banalia, and Knight of Grace. While History, Banalia, a phenomenal card, just didn't have a lot of decks that utilize it in Standard, and now there's a million History, Banalia decks and a million Knight of Grace decks. And sometimes you'll even see Knight of Grace without History, but you'll typically see History with Knight of Grace. So I think that card got a huge jump in its stock. Like It is obviously one of the most powerful cards, but now like everything else is dumbed down to a bit where it's actually like a little bit better than everything else. Okay. I think we've got some nod in agreement. Let's go to the next one. All right. So this, this card is a, is a very good card, but didn't get played just like these ones. Uh, Vraska Relic Seeker. So it went from being like not played that often, but like a good card, but the decks just didn't facilitate it being played very much. And now it's like maybe the best planeswalker in the format if not very close but uh oh don't give me that teferi decks suck get out of here it's my favorite card it those (laughs) decks are all bad i'll tell you something though um i I think teferi decks are tough to play i think the manas are the mana for all of them are, are atrocious um but cards like that people will find a way people will find a way to to, to play a card that's on a power level 11 out of 10, um, even if it means playing a, a clown crew of supporting cards to go with it. I mean, I think the blue-white deck like Jim Davis posted is unplayable. Um, it's just like tons of... It's all conditional removal of like tap creatures or attacking creatures. And I think that blue-white of old... Um, for of the old format died off because of the predictability of removal and how easily aggressive decks can play around it and you're weak against decks that you should be stomping. So um I mean I Vraska is insane. Like that card's a fantastic plane for it. And I agree it did rise in stock. It also helps that the new Vraska is unplayable in its own sense. Um I don't know I've seen hype for that uh the new Vraska, the four mana one from the new set. And I did that. That's like around Tybalt for me, man. <laughs> God, it's so bad. <laughs> so yeah, I'm with you. I think that six mana one is really good. Yeah, my problem with Teferi decks is either, like you said, you have the conditional removal, or you have the condition of you might not cast any of your spells. Yeah. So I mean, I, I posted an Esper list in the Factor Fiction coming out tomorrow on SCG. So if you guys can tune in and you know your your listeners and check it out. Um, not Factor Fiction, what would I play in uh, Columbus? So I posted my updated Esper list, and it really is a blue-black mana base with the fingers crossed to get a white. I mean, that's just the way I'm, you have to play it. You have to play blue-black, and then just pray you hit a white mana. And you, I have, you know, eight um, check lands that go with it, and you have, I, I'm playing one Plains and one Field of Ruin, and you just gotta be like, I hope this can do it. I mean, it's and you have till turn five. Statistically, nine white sources will give you a white on turn four. But, you know, it's still iffy at best. And the mana is not smooth. It was the smoothest could be prior to rotation. But the mana, you are paying the price for playing um, a control deck in this format. Yeah, I, I agree with you on, on, all, on all of that. So uh, so the next I have is uh, the two explore creatures, the Merfolk Branchwalker and Jade Light Ranger. I actually thought they were very bad in the last format, 
And I actually think they're pretty playable now. So now we have like some graveyard mechanics going around in the green decks, and then the green decks also need these two and three drops, and there's not a lot of options available like for the green-black decks and the Abzan decks of the world that kind of want to hit all their land drops, and it sort of pseudo-fixes your mana in an ugly way. So I think these cards have went up in stock quite a bit. I dig it. I think you're right. Uh, people like the Borderline Ranger. I, I don't know if um, if Jade, because Jade Light Ranger kind of takes that spot. I, you can't play both those cards. So it really comes down to which one of those are better. I mean, I think I play the rare over the common. I just, you know, you have way more upside of a giant creature and hitting a land drop. Um, so, I, but there's, I think, I don't remember if it was Jerry, somebody wrote an article on SCG that said that the you know the borderline rangers is always the card that the format yearns for and it takes the randomness out of it but i think it's worth that the gamble for the explore effect P- people do know that skittering surveyor was in the last format right and nobody played it it just didn't have another power and it was colorless and nobody mm-hmm. played it good point the the borderline ranger in this format's awful I never wanted. I never want to play that card when my opponent plays a chain world or on turn three. You know what I mean? It's like, what, like what, what's going on? Like, uh, yeah, one more power. Just maybe. No, I'm off. I mean, I, 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 I would. It's not in my wheelhouse. So yeah, I don't. You have to ask people that played Borderline Ranger back in the day. I agree. Borderline Ranger may have been good back in the day, but now, like, did we forget chain Whirler existed? Like, come on, people. Let's get it together here. Another reason to play Teferi decks. They don't care about that card. There you go. All right. Speaking of forgetting Chain Whirler existed, my next card, Elvish Rejuvenator. So that card actually went from, like, unplayable to showing up in a a bunch of people's decks. And I always thought it was a card that was very close in power level. What are you going to say, Sheen? What what, Elvish Rejuvenator? (laughs) What is that card? You're better off not knowing. Two and a green for a one-one. Uh, look at when it enters the battlefield. Look at your top five. Put any land into the onto the battlefield tapped from that top five. So like it's showing up in uh, Jerry played it on stream a bunch today. It's showing up. Uh, Brad Nelson played it today in his Fog deck. Like I don't think Fog's good, but it's showing up. And this card was was stone unplayable before, and now it's showing up. So I think that alone, uh, think uh, it deserves a second look. I actually think it's pretty close in power level to being playable. It ramps, right? And the uh, odds it hit are very high. It's better than Borderline Ranger, too. It's good. <laughs> Puts into play. It's got to be better. <laughs> All right. And my number one card is Resplendent Angel. So that oh, card was very bad, never played. And now there's like a Boros Angels deck that's popping around. And like some mid range Boros decks. And this card's like pretty good in those decks. Like, alongside uh, the whatever Aurelia and then Lyra you can just play like three to four of all of those and then all decks have a really hard time matching up with that and the history of Benalia and stuff like that and I think that card's going to end up being pretty good I think that card is busted with the amount of te- like the, the text on that card is, is just waiting for one little push to be obscene because three mana for three three flyer is already, been, is already a fine uh, of costs, and then the upside is game ending. I mean, just a must kill in the late game. I, I bought four when it came out, um, even just because I really wanted to like abuse it. And you, you look at the the life gain that was in the format; and it was kind of low. Uh, I didn't know if Lyra was going to be enough, but now just those two cards have in this incidental, like you said, incidental win percentage against aggressive decks because they just can't flat. They flat out can't beat the five toughness angels. Or when you untap with six mana with that creature, you know, it's, 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 it's over. So um, I, I'm excited. I hope that deck is great. I mean, I, or a deck that uses those cards. And I know when Azorius comes out next, with the next set, it's probably going to really give it a boost if they, if they follow the flavor that way. Um, but I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I, play, I played that deck a bunch today. Or, uh, so I played it through one league, and it felt very powerful. And it, though it felt really weird to play the Deafening Clarion in your main deck of your deck full of a bunch of creatures that die to it, but I kept winning anyway because I kept either wrathing them more than me or giving all my creatures lifelink and then can't lose the race. I did pretty well. I only lost to 
some uh, an, mon, no green white with uh, snub stubhorn sentry and the new uh, elephant lady. Um, Derek, you got any hot takes? <laughs> I, I was no. gonna, yeah, I was gonna no. ask you guys about uh, your opinion on the card. Um, taking KYT's thunder here, but like, there's a card that I'm obsessed with that I think is just being slept on, and it's Notion Rain. I just, I mean, maybe it's control that bad where I've been playing this card and playtesting, and I'm just like, read the bonesing on steroids, and it's just so good with Vraska's Contempt and the moment of craving, and you're able to offset life loss and just, I, I just love the card. I just don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of upset and hurt inside just by the amount of hate the card's getting, to be honest. I'm like, trust me, play the card. It's very good. It's a very good card. Yeah, it, it's a powerful card, but I think uh, Control's not very good right now, and like you can't afford to take the turnoff and the life loss against a lot of the decks that are currently in the format. With uh, even with the life gain of the other cards, you just can't afford to take the turn off just to get a card ahead. And yeah, to smooth your draw out a bit. But and the and the way I kind of discuss that card is that it it seems like old read the bones you have to take the turn off most of the time. Uh, with this card, it kind of doesn't play out that way. Uh, when you have like search of Escanta and you have um, the two mana discard a card surveil and you're hitting land drops that way, but continuously being proactive in the tap out style. It's it's been for me way more often than not. I'm on four lands, turn five, and I cast it to hit my fifth land, second land untapped and interact. Um, I very very rarely am I doing it on turn three, only in very desperate times. So the card's actually kind of been a five cost card for me. Um, and every card prior to it are either cast downs, moment of craving, uh, the hand disruption spell. And, or the destroy legend for two less, depending on what their draw is, um, and then you kind of like finish off with that. So you're right; you can't you can't build a deck with four essence scatter, four syncopate, and then just like turn three tap out, and then let them play one or two threats on you. You're going to get massacred. Um, but but the other way, it's been it's been it's been pretty good. You just don't even people are obsessed with chemistry uh, chemistry's inside, which is it's a great card, but that's it's eight mana over multiple turns, and it's not it's not glimmer of genius. And people, a lot of people are saying it's better. It's going to be better. Not. Yeah, it didn't take a lot of playing with that card to realize it is much worse than both of the last two draw twos. <laughs> it's saddening. I'm like, man, this is not better than glimmer of genius. No, it's you're right. It's, it's been worse than it's it's not the worst that's been printed. Um, but it's, it's far from... It's, you don't hit land drops, so that's the big thing. Like, you're on turn four, and you use it, and you brick on land and die. Like, it's, it's not like Glimmer where that doesn't really occur. Or Illumination where you could cash it in, like, a little early. It's, right. it's just worse than both. Yep. Agreed. Sadly. So, give, give the notion... Well, once you... Uh, once you realize how great control is in this format, give Notion Rain a try and uh, you know, get back to me on it. Uh, disinformation campaign is like the card that I fell in love with the most when I saw it. I want it to be good so bad, but I'm not, I don't think it is that good, but holy moly do I want it to be good. Oh god, and sealed is disgusting. Oh, it's unbeatable. <laughs> it's <laughs> unbeatable and limited. Yeah, I mean... You can't it's, interact with it almost at all. It's got so much card advantage tied to it. It's, it's it's a card that if it was if there wasn't like a Nightville Spectre in the format, it could be a cyborg consideration for those for the mirror. Um, but the Nightville Spectre is as good as it looks on paper. Control's great. Mana sucks. Get lucky. That's that's it. Just get lucky. Get your blue black early and get your white and everything's good. No no problems. Derek, what was the one? What was the one card on your list when you were putting it together? Uh, it was demanding dragon, and then I thought I thought of a couple other ones, but Andy, you were going to say something. What does that card do? It's a five mana five five that when it ETBs, your opponent sacrifices a creature or they take five. 
Well, I'll never disrespect a Punisher card again after how good uh, that Risk new one has looked. Holy oh, crap. Risk factors. Oh, spicy. It's a tasty boy. It is. I When I first saw it, I would have stone said it was bad. And then I played against it, and it's just... It's I snapped said it was three. bad. I said it was bad to like 70 people the other day. And then I was playing it today. And I was just crushing people. And somebody comes in and goes, didn't you say this deck was really bad? And the four-man enchantment was a do-nothing enchantment? I'm like... I did say that. I was that, very wrong. That enchantment <laughs> is absolutely nuts. Sometimes it's awful. I've lost a game where I played it on turn six, and I just lost the game two, in two turns. And then there's been games where I played on turn four, and I went on turn five. I just played five spells off the top of my library. Yeah, I have seen it just be like draw nine in three turns. Oh, oh, oh yeah. It, oh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. I also think uh, Ravenous Chupacabra went up. I think that, that card's good. If you're playing that stupid three-mana angel, I'm jamming these chupacabras straight into the battlefield, and uh, they're hungry. So I, I, don't, I don't think those angels are, are getting much better than a three-mana lightning strike target. You can't kill it all, Derek. You can't kill it all. Listen, if you have it all, like, like show me. Show me. Yeah, once I saw Instant on Risk Factor, we did the, that was the Factor Fiction we did a couple days ago. It was me, Sam Black, and Ari Locks. And Ari and Sam said it was awful, and I said, fact, nope, the card is busted. It's an Instant. It's going to be the best Punisher card ever made. It's going to make me cry. I, I agree. The best All Punisher day. card ever made. It's, it's unbelievable. If Browby was an Instant, and you were able to end a turn, draw the three cards, then to proceed to deal thousands of damage, it would have been better back then. It would have been playable. This card is that, but even better. It's just, it, it's just the biggest nightmare I could imagine for a control deck. Oh, yeah. People, no, people just, also don't play it properly. People will, like, take four damage when they should let me draw three, or they'll let me draw three when they should take four damage. And I, I'm not saying that that's that's something that happens frequently or that's a point to play this card. But if you're playing a card that's already powerful and people are playing it incorrectly against you, it makes it better. Like this card's so much better than I thought it was. Like I thought it was a two. It's like a seven. It it makes this red deck good. Yeah. Yeah. I was excited to talk about how much this card stock went up so fast. I just, I played against it once and I was like, Oh, Oh, I can't win. Okay, draw three. Okay, draw three more. <laughs> then yeah, I died. You're at low life. You, they're, they're drawing six cards. It's disgusting. I mean, I, I played against it from the sideboard of the aggressive decks. I haven't played against a mono-red deck yet in standard. Um, but, like, it's even, even in the Boros decks and the creature decks, it's like, God. <laughs> I'm at, like, three life. All right. You have no option. You just draw your whole deck. Go ahead. You know what card I'm sad about? While we're talking about red cards, Lava Coil, man, that's such a good removal spell for control decks. It's there are problems. There are two red decks in, or two red cards in standard. Because Grixis has the best control shell for mana, but literally two playable red cards in that shell. It's so frustrating. Like he used to have like Hour of Devastation and other things, but if people don't know Lava Coil, is this the four damage for two mana exile removal spell? I saw that print, and I'm like, come on, baby. Give me some more red cards. Let's get this Grixis going. And not one more red card for control decks. Sad times. Is anyone else sad about that, or that's just me? That's just a me thing? Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little sad, because it's a super powerful card. It's just not really going to get played, because none of the decks that are red want it. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's so that? good. It Zero it's what? so good. Lava Cool? Yeah. It, it straight up cleanly kills a, 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 a bird. So, like, if, if Monored's the most played deck, you might see a couple sneaking into uh, the main deck. And then, like, if the 5-4 the green deck gets played a lot, it's going to be killing those. It kills Tristani. I don't know. It, it's a spicy one. You guys are sleeping on this card. Well, yeah, I, think I hope so. We think it's good. It, it won't be in... The problem is the, the red decks right now, the best red decks in standard are so quick. And aggressive that and lightning strike can clear the earliest stuff that I don't know if they're going to have the luxury of playing a removal a sorcery speed removal spell that doesn't um, translate to damage sometimes. I mean, 
it it might just like red black kind of evolved into kind of a mid rangey slow deck and then wanted four braids. But I can't see mono like the red decks right now playing more than like one of this card or zero maybe in the sideboard. I have four in my sideboard right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a good sideboard. It's probably a lot. I also like am sideboarding into the mid rangey sort of like cut all my X ones, cut my one drops, bring in eight to twelve removal spells. And like, just try to do that to my opponent and hope that they don't hit frenzy before I do. And I feel like if a lot of people are expecting the red deck, uh, then that's also going to be happening. I think one of the best ways to beat the red deck is the green deck, or like Andy said earlier, the white deck. So I think bringing in a lot of lava coils and fight with fires are one of the best ways to beat those decks. Also, people are really high on Lyra. Well, yeah, that's that's the problem. It competes with Fire with Fire. You can't play that many. You can't play any of them really main. Um, but your sideboard, you got you have to have the perfect balance of those two cards because you can't beat Lyra and this misses Lyra. So it's it's tough. That's a tough spot to be in with this card. Hmm. Um, wow, that's a lot of a lot of knowledge. Anything you wanted to add before we have we have to let you go? We're so happy that we've had you for for about forty minutes. Uh, anything else, my man? Uh, no. I mean, as always, appreciate the invite, and uh, you know, I love you guys. So, whenever I can um, free myself from other responsibilities, I'm always happy to join. Um, I want to just magic wise, just give one more shout out to Team Face to Face Games dot com. Getting our our launch soon. Uh, you know, jerseys and gear on the way, so you'll see us in the new new look. Um, by the Pro Tour, of course, but hopefully before then, and we'll make sure to be high on social media, have a good presence on there, so you guys can, you know, take a look, and we can all work like a big happy family. Everyone getting along and loving each other, right? Um, beside that, uh, Teferi, I'm going to go out on this because you know, just my clientele that's here is the card that I think is. Um, still leagues above the rest of standard and power level, uh, but the castability of the card is really the puzzle, so I really am going to be spending endless hours throughout the night and day <laughs> trying to make it work. Um, but, you know, I'm with Andrew here and everyone else that's tried, it's the mana is really atrocious, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be looking. If you guys listening have any suggestions for that, Please hit me up because I'm 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 at like a fifty percent win rate right now. It's unacceptable to ferry. It's very it's embarrassing. So that's what I want to go out on. Help me out. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Shaheen. And then we can, as always, follow you on Twitter at man Shaheen MTG or something. <laughs> at Shaheen MTG. Uh, I write on weekly. Uh, writing weekly on Star City now, Friday column. I'm volunteering for every like Factor Fiction or what we play, so just keep an eye out. I'm going to get more involved in the game uh, as we move forward here from the digital side. Less in person, more from the this side of the, the, the aisle here. So, um, you know, come read the article, see me on social media. I respond always on social media, so hit me up and I can answer any questions and get back to you. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sheen. We'll catch you on, as always, in, in, in a few weeks. In a few weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, something. I'll be on tomorrow. I'll see you guys later. See you guys. Bye, guys. We'll see that, those guys competing on the PT very soon. Um, man. Here we are, boys. What a time to be alive. <laughs> New standards. It's lovely. So many people play bad decks, myself included. And honestly, I love New Standard. New Standard after large rotation is got to be my favorite time to play Magic because I like Standard much more than I like Modern because Modern is not fun for competitive play. But Standard, there's just there's a lot of deck building that goes into it, and things don't spiral out of control as fast as they do on Modern. Like if you like miss your fourth land in modern you're just dead or like if you brick the exact card you need against a matchup you're dead but in standard 
there's some leeway. There's some time to play your goddamn game of magic. I hate this new standard format. I think it's stupid. I assume you only hate it because there isn't a, a deck that's leagues ahead of the rest yet. Yes. And mostly because I don't know if there will be. From what I've seen so far, every deck has a series of good threats and then a series of good answers. And if they line up well, then whoever like has, has the threat that sticks around more or the more resilient threat wins. And I haven't found a good series of threats that beat specific answers. Like in old standard, we had Scrap Heap Scrounger. You needed to play Magma Spray to beat that. If you wanted to beat Chandra or Glorybringer, you had to play Chandra's defeat. In this format, there's Feral Nero, Feral the 6-6 six, six with Hexproof. That card's unbeatable. But if you want to beat it, you just play Assassin's Trophy, or you counter it, or you uh, Veras is Contempted, and then it's like, okay, if you want to beat Teferi, it's the same thing. It's like, you can attack it, or the rest of the deck's pretty bad, so you can probably just beat the deck before Teferi comes down. And it's like Mono Red. It's like, if you can get past turn four, <laughs> the cards are just generally not as powerful as yours. So you just play a 6-6 six, six on turn four. Mono Red normally can't beat that. So to me, it's like this huge rock, paper, scissors, and I just hate it. I just want there to be a best deck, and I want to play it. I've been uh, actually like really liked on paper the Boros Angels deck, and I, I snap bought all the cards for it to, to play. And I think, I think it's very good. I think it does a good job of having a nut draw that aggro decks just have zero chance to beat. And then it also has this fallback card of Deafening Clarion that a lot of the aggro decks can't do well against. And Aurelia being a 2-5 and Vigilance essentially just dodges a lot of the removal in the format. Like, so like it, it can't get sealed away. It uh, doesn't die to cast down. And honestly, I think, I think the card's very good. And I think the Boros Angels deck has been the most success I've had so far in the standard format. And I, the only round I lost, I got absolutely nut drew, or nut drew by a, a deck with the, the Loxodon to put counters on everything. And they just had a bunch of five fives on turn four or whatever. So I think that deck's the real deal. And it's certainly what I'm going to be working on for, for a bit until I think it's bad, which who knows how long until the process that'll happen. Yeah, I definitely think that that deck is good. I just, uh, the, the white splash for me is just not worth it. Uh, yeah, the deck's like almost mono white, Derek. Maybe we're not talking about the same deck. Yeah, then. this deck plays four Adanto Vanguard, four Knight of Grace, four History of Benalia, four of that Angel, four Lightning Strike. Okay. Three Aurelia, three Shalai, four mm-hmm. Lyra Dawnbringer. Yeah, okay, it doesn't and sound very good. Yeah. It's Slaughter's Aggro decks. And three Deafening Clarion. What if I just want to play removal spells? It, it has History of Benalia and Adato Vanguard. Two okay. of the best cards against removal spell decks. Okay. We'll see. I don't even know what to say to you. You're like, you can't play creatures because they'll die someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't like playing bad cards, like Aurelia. You have to draw so many of your premium removal spells in a game to beat this deck. And just and go I think upstairs. Pew, pew. You have Lyra, you have four Lyra Dawnbringer and a bunch of angels. You know that card's legendary, right? If, if one lives, you're, you're dead. You're dead, kid. Okay. Alright. I'm gonna play some mid-range. But then you can't beat a Danto Vanguard in, in history of Benalia. I'm sure I can figure it away. You can't, Derek. The deck's good. Not everything's bad, you 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 buffoon. Okay. Alright. Uh neither of you have got really deep into arena, right? So the whole uh, reset thing, closed beta, everything didn't affect either of you guys? Uh, I never played a lot of Arena, but uh, there's people who I know who are playing Arena who have never played Arena before, and they're all saying it's doing good. Like, yeah. it's on the up and up. It's 
a lot of positive things being said about Arena right now. I've heard a lot of good things about Arena. Wizards is really, really shilling out all the money to make sure that all the, the, the Hearthstone streamers and stuff are coming over to the Magic side, including uh, Raynad. Yeah, Magic's been like up there for view counts because of all these sponsored streamers. And I think that is a very good thing to do. Obviously, Raynad, not an ideal choice uh, from my point of view. But uh, whatever it takes to make Magic better, uh, no, I don't. I don't actually agree with that. I wish they just didn't do Raynad and kept with like the people who are great from the other games. But they're doing the right things for the most part. Um, anything else you guys want to add? Like any any uh, special prep you are doing for this weekend, guys? I just did a like I said, twelve seals for GP Montreal. I'm going to be there early. Going to play some side events with my Boros Angels deck. And, uh, I don't know, get a, go home with a whole bunch of booster boxes. Nah, no, I'm not going to do it. I might, I might do a couple more seals. Probably going to read a bunch. I hope to just make it into day two and then spike a couple drafts. That's the game plan. Uh, yeah. Has has any of your uh, top fives changed yet, or are pretty stable for now? I'm so sorry about Ionize. <laughs> I don't I don't even remember what my top five were, but Ionize was unplayable, and I was right. So uh, one for me and zero for Andy. Yeah, Ionize uh, didn't end up being that good. I played a Jeskai control deck today with, and uh, it wasn't great. I don't think control decks are playable right now. Oh, so an early L for Ionize. An early L. L, L for Ionize. Faux show. Also, maybe an L for Chemister's Insight. It's been bad in my experience as well. I just wish it was Risk Factor. I wish I had the foresight to understand that card better. I mean, I, I still think Chemistry Insight's good. And I, I don't know if it, if, it, uh, if it should be in a control deck but it may find a home in a mid-range deck because that, that ability is good. But then again, like Notion Rain is like so much so, better. So much mana. I think it's, I think it's actually just going to be not good, but people will play it anyway the whole time. It's in standard. That's what I love. I love it when people do that. Alrighty, uh, for Andy, Derek, and myself, we will see you next week after GP Montreal, and good luck to everyone competing, and uh, we'll see some of you there, and ciao, see you next episode.